Trumi is terrified of turning on the dryer or other such things that might make noise. She is so good to you. She is. Actually, what I should have her do is stand out in the street and direct traffic around so that they don't come flying by here, because that, that's yeah, the bigger really, noise problem. She if she really, really cared... I don't, you should make me edit this one day. Then I'll be like, oh my god, why do we even try? There is a... Um, once, once you get into it, there's a kind of a zen to okay. it. You're just like, out. You're out. You're out. I mean, you do really good, because I know, like, you've, you've had to take real shit. It's, it's, um, well, I mean, if we came into this podcast with a plan or any sort of structure, it might help. And, you know, we had some guidelines and like, oh, we're going to talk for five minutes about this and five minutes about that. And then there'll be 10 minutes of something else. Yeah. No, we just kind of, we get really lazy on the front end, but make up for it on the back end, as it were. And yeah. So try to edit out the pauses and then anything else. Listen, the, the, the key to success is low standards. Yeah, well, you and I are really good with that. Welcome to the Soft Pants Podcast with Molly Pruitt and Corey Fry. So what else is going on in your life, Molly? That's it. That's it? Nothing. Like, yeah, Monday through Friday, I have people calling me. I'm over on the site, but I don't know. It just feels the same. I think it's just because we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, if you're working from home, then the difference between weekdays and weekends is minimalized. Now that I'm or, or have been working, before I was not working, but I was trying to get work and trying to learn things. So I was like, I've got to do this every day. So I, I was trying to work or do something productive every day. Now, the past few weeks that I've had a job where I'm getting paid, I've had to tell myself, no, don't work today because oh, yeah. I want to take a break, even though I still haven't gotten paid for this job. You know, fingers crossed I will, but it's just been a very different mindset. And then, of course, you know, I was on unemployment for 10 weeks, so I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So I was very productive in a sense when I was not working. I don't know if I'm less productive since I was working, but I think when I do take some time off and then go work, I can focus better on it. That's the idea, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't well, know. I know I'm desperate for a vacation and I'm like, <laughs> what's, I don't know. If yeah. I had in, in my perfect like 50th birthday, I would have gone on a big vacation. Where? Where would you go? Ireland. You would have. Uh-huh. I I want to go. I want to go to to Ireland. I want to take Trumi to Ireland, although she's terrified with the accent and all that. But yeah, I would love to go to Ireland and spend a week or two there and just I, travel. I and I saw there's a website where you can rent castles. What? Yeah, yeah. There are a variety of castles that are essentially have been restored and converted into Airbnbs. Although it's not Airbnb, it's another company, and and they rent out castles all over. Ireland and Britain. And I thought, well, okay. oh, some of those are, you know, if you had eight people, that makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. And we do have enough family. I'm sure you could convince others. Yeah. yeah. Michael, has, when he was, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, should we just skip over that? No, no, no. I, I, I actually, there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's skip over it. I was going to say, certainly most of my family I love spending time with and would love to go on a vacation or, you know, 
do something, spend in some time Ireland. together traveling in Ireland or, or some such. And that's actually on, on both sides of the family because... I, I do forget, you do travel. Yeah, you, you've traveled with your mom and your sister and you, you guys love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, traveling, but I, I just know that traveling with people, it does take a special relationship to travel and spend like that much intense time with somebody for more than three or four days. Oh, hell yeah. And after that, I mean, when I, when I was in China and my mom and Bridget came out, the first trip was like about two weeks. And then the next trip was three weeks. It was groundbreaking when we came to the agreement that, hey, we don't have to do everything all together all the time. We can have a day where some of us go do one thing and others do another thing so that we get a little bit of space. And that helps a lot. And I think actually that would be better in having a big group because then it would be easier to break off into little groups and then come back together and then sort of share those experiences. Yeah. When we've gone traveling with other people, we start with that. We say, you know, there's going to be times that we just want to go off on our own. Because I think, yeah, I go to work and I'm around people, but I have a pretty solitary life. And Michael really does, even though he works. He's, he's such an introvert. So he definitely has to have those times where he's not around anybody else tra- and mm-hmm. probably traveling more so because he, it's a little stressful. Yeah. Because yeah. we have a couple friends we like to travel with, but that's the one thing we say. We're like, there'll be times. Where, and, and they're right there with us. They're like, oh, yeah, there will be times. <laughs> yeah. As far as traveling goes, that's probably the best advice I have for anybody is give yourself those times to not go with the group. Well, the other thing I don't get is people that go, 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 go. And I'm like, you know, it is perfectly acceptable. Yes, I am in Rome, but I am very just fine. Like if I'm tired, not feeling it, like I will nap all afternoon if I have to. Even on my first big backpacking trip through Europe, I came to sort of the realization that I would prefer to spend more time in fewer places than yeah. more places in fewer time. Um, fewer time? That, that was fewer a. Fewer times? Yeah. I first, I arrived in Paris. This was my first big trip to Europe. And I was backpacking by myself and I went to Paris for a few days. And then I was like, where can I go that's just quiet? And I went to this hostel in the middle of nowhere. It had nothing. Absolutely. I mean, the the town like shut down most afternoons after like three o'clock. And this being rural Paris, it wasn't like rural Ireland where there were pubs open and, you know, there was, this was nothing. And it was this beautiful old chateau it was really lovely. And I spent three, four days there and I, it was rainy and gray the whole time. And I would go for a walk and then I would read a book and say, so you just kind of absorb the local culture, but everything was closed. There wasn't anything to absorb. That that was really nice. But then I was invigorated to do more of the sightseeing stuff. And I did the same in Thailand. I went to a quiet little beach, had absolutely nothing going on, you know, and I would, my routine, and I did this for four days, I want to say, I would get up, go for a quick swim have breakfast, lay in a hammock, read, have lunch, walk the beach a little bit, go back to the hammock, read, have dinner, go to bed like at eight o'clock. I just love to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I could do more sleeping. You and Michael were telling us yesterday that you got up at four o'clock and you get up and you're like, oh, we've got to make some coffee. Eva woke us up about four o'clock this morning and Trumi and I went right back to bed. So Okay, but so we don't get up at four o'clock every morning anymore. There was a time we probably did, but we don't. What happens is if we both wake up at four o'clock then at that point it's like do we read and try and get back to sleep for an hour because he has to get up at 
5.30. So it's like one of those things where like, no, let's just get up, get, get coffee. But yeah, then you do need a nap. I'd and become- I don't like to nap. I don't I, like to nap. I have embraced napping. I nap most days if I can. I will lay down. I like to lay down and rest. That's napping. That's napping. Okay. Then I love. Then I love to nap. I mean, I don't fall asleep and get like good REM sleep for 40 minutes or whatever it is. I'll lay down for 15, 20 minutes and my eyes are generally closed for most of it. But, you know, I wake up and I'm just feeling much better. You know, Sophia was talking about Omar is so active. He's just like always on and he's always like every time you call him in the background, he, he's just like squealing for joy. And I'm like, what's he doing? She's like, oh, he just uncapped his marker. Oh, for those days. <laughs> I know. He's just like every, but you know, she's so she's exhausted. And she's probably more exhausted with him being this age, two, three, than she was when he was a newborn. Probably, yeah. And I I can remember back right before, because I worked at home, and so she'd be in daycare, three o'clock every day, I'd go lay down for 20, 30 minutes. And it was kind of like, I got to go rejuvenate myself before I pick her up from school. Yeah. I was just like, ah, my God, otherwise, you know, and she was easy. But kids also take naps. Yes. So does that does that help their invigoration? Um, you know, it makes it no, no, yes, no. If they don't have a nap, then their invigoration is a cranky crankster, ill-tempered, ill-tempered, and they're hyperactive, and they can really get wound up. Versus, at least if the the nap, you've had two hours, a little break, and then they're at least happy when they're like driving you crazy. I'm obsessed right now with mm-hmm. um, Nicole Byers. I don't know who that is. So she, please tell me. You do know her. She is the host of Nailed It. Oh, okay. All right. <gasps> and I have gone down the rabbit hole of Nicole Byers. And you I have just, gone down Nicole Byers' rabbit hole. She would, I she would, uh, she, she would, would have, appreciate this. She yes. Would. She does the splits. And now I want to just practice my splits. She roller skates. I think she's roller skating in Venice with a group of uh, the skater group. Now I want, you know, fuck your, you and your birthday. I'm going out to roller skate with, with Nicole, Nicole Byers. Yeah. I'm just going to like show up one day with my mask and my roller skates and be like, hey. Nicole Byers is definitely living her best life, it she seems. She is. And, and I didn't know this. Like starting two or three years ago, she started this podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? I want to like jump ahead. So I can figure out like what's happened in in Mm -hmm. three years. But I'm making myself start from the very, very beginning. So it's a chronological podcast. It's a serial sort of thing where you have to listen from the beginning. Oh, God, no. Like you could just jump in and just be like, where are you now? But I really want to just kind of work my way through to see how her dating goes. It makes me want to be single. And if only Michael weren't such a wonderful husband, <laughs> you would follow through on that, I'm sure. And I know the moment I'd be like, be like, oh, God, what was I thinking? I can't. like. And I actually would be fine. I shouldn't say that. I should say I'd be fine single going out and dating. That would be what would crush me. I'd just be like, I cannot do this. So then she actually dates very regularly. She's really out there. She goes through her profile on Tinder and 
Bumble? What the hell is Bumble? It's like Tinder, but different. I don't know. though. That all happened after I stopped We're, dating. Yeah, okay. I was an early adopter at Match, and that was it. She brings on her friends, and they and she reads them off her profile. And it's just so funny. You know, some of the hosts she has slept with, or she's had an interlude with. Some of the guests on her show? Yeah. And now she's come out with a book. I heard about her book. I heard her uh, talk about it on some interview shows. Oh, my God. I, I'm just obsessed. Corey, we need her on our show. I'll go down to I Venice and like, see if I can catch her roller skating and see if she... I would, like, seriously sit down with her and be like, okay, let's let's figure out why this person didn't date you. Or I would be the matchmaker for her. I think that's really the key. I love playing matchmaker. I'd be like, honey... Let me take over your Tinder. Honey, have I got a, have I got somebody for you? Oh, oh, you're going to love this person. They're, oh not, they're not quite a doctor yet. I In think fact, this is, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is my, you know, now being with somebody in a monogamous relationship, there was some fun, you know, dating every once in a while. Oh, there's another side of it. I hate it. But there was, so it is fun being that matchmaker because then I get a little bit of that, like, oh, that was so fun. You're like, um... Like Emma, or what's her name from Clueless? See, I feel like I need to watch that movie again, because last time I saw it was 30 years ago. Bridget, years Bridget's ago. more of the um, the literary mind, and I haven't read a book in forever. But, uh, book? Yeah, it's, movie. it's based on a Jane Austen novel. I don't like Jane Austen, so I would not read that book. But you did see Clueless. Yes, but that was an interpretation of Jane Austen. Yes, very much. But it does hew very closely to the structure of the book, being that what's-her-name doesn't... Uh, and I, can't, I hate telling stories where you're like, what's-her-name does the thing with the other person? And, but she's more obsessed with setting up other people with relationships and dating and, and so forth because she is infatuated with her in the Austen novel. It's her cousin. In Clueless, it's her stepbrother, Paul Rudd character. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Go she sublimates her own desires towards setting up other people. So are you saying I desire someone besides Michael and that's why I do this? I'm not saying anything at all like that. I am just yeah. reciting the plot and the subtext of Emma and Clueless. So maybe during my sabbatical, I could become a matchmaker, just like an sure. apprentice matchmaker. Yeah, there's probably a, a course around. online that you can take. Follow around matchmakers. Virtually. Do you think Nicole Byers would let me come into her house and interview her and be a matchmaker? Uh, it's possible. Sure, why not? It's a goal for you to work towards. Yeah, it's one of That's, those goals that your mom who, who thinks you're good at everything tells you and then you just get heartbroken because you're like, why was she telling me I could do that? There's no way in hell I could do that. What you need to do is get a picture of Nicole Byard and tape it onto your locker at school. And then every time you go to class, you can open up the locker and then look in there and be like, oh, my God, that's Nicole Byers. I'm totally going to set her up with her. She's going to be her best boyfriend ever. Okay. Otherwise, I can also just obsessively rewatch her IG stories. Yeah. She was, she's a prolific Instagrammer. Thank God she loves Instagramming. You were, you were, that, that's your sabbatical is just going to be developing your Nicole Byer fan crush obsession. There you go. You'll be her stalker. Okay. I can do that. I'm sure she'd love to have a stalker. In a very positive way. A pro-stalker. Not a creepy way. I don't know if that's possible, but you know what? You could be the first. You could change the stalker paradigm. And then we become best friends. Which is exactly what every stalker thinks. (laughs) Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Molly. 
And thank you for listening to the Soft Pants Podcast with your host, or other title, Molly Pruitt. <laughs> You're really the host, Glory. Oh, pshaw. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, All right, see you later. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye.